Grab your Bible, turn over Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5. We are going through the fruit of the Spirit, kind of taking a break from our, our series of lessons. We've been going through the Old Testament. We had 30 lessons on the Pentateuch, 30 lessons on history books, had 30 lessons on the poetical books, 30 lessons on the major prophets, and the last but not least is the minor prophets, and we just kind of figured you needed a break. So we decided that, the, or I should say the Lord decided, we decided to go ahead and have a few weeks of the fruit of the Spirit, and again, we're on the one called goodness, and so let's go ahead and just look at that in the scriptures, and then we'll... Uh, talk about this for just a little bit. Galatians 5, verse number 22 and 23, it lists the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. All right, let's go ahead and read those out loud together. You ready? We'll start, we'll just read verse 22 and 23 together. Here we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Today is goodness. We're going to look at that one uh, together. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you again for the day. Lord, I ask you again, bless it like only you can. Uh, Father, speak to our hearts through your word. May the Spirit of God, Lord, uh, again, may we not quench the Spirit, uh, but Father, may we listen and obey. And uh, Father, bless again all the teachers that teach. If there's someone in the service or a Sunday school class that's lost, would you draw them to you? Help them to be saved today. Help us as Christians to be edified. Lord, built up in our faith. Have a better understanding of the fruit of the Spirit. May we have that fruit in our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church, I mean, the fruit of the Spirit is semi-elementary. Uh, um, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance is not a matter of basically this is, uh, happens because it's in my life. It happens because the Spirit of God's in my life, all right? So what we want is we want to be filled with the Spirit as Ephesians number 5 uh, talks about and that we uh, be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The more that I'm filled with the Spirit of God, these things become more natural in my life. All right? So in other words, this is the outcome of me living a Spirit-filled life. And by the way, God did not tell us to do something or have something that was impossible. God wants us to have these. All right? Now, the last, uh, I don't think it was last week's lesson, but when we talked about the fruit of the Spirit last, you would have talked about the gentleness, which is the one prior to this one here. It talks about gentleness, goodness. And sometimes they have a tendency to... Uh, be very similar, but they are different. God would not have given us two words that were identical, so there's a, a different idea here. So the fruit of the Spirit, I live the Spirit-filled life, this is what's going to come out. I don't have to work at loving people if I'm living a Spirit-filled life. What is love? It's a divine concern for others. What's love? Joy. What's joy? It's that gladness of heart. Love, joy, peace. What's that peace? It's that tranquility of mind. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. To be long-spirited, not short-wicked, short but long-spirited or patient. So all of these things is the outcome of a spirit-filled life, the spirit having control of me. Hey, listen, when the preacher gets up to preach, the preacher does not want to preach his personality or his passion. The preacher wants to preach as if the spirit of God takes control of their life and thoughts to be able to give us what we have. That's what the Christian life is. The Christian life is going out into the public and them not seeing you, but them seeing Christ. And how does that happen? Living a spirit-filled or controlled life that he has control of us. And this idea of goodness, that's what we want to look at this morning And far, far as us being good is what causes us to do good, all right? Now, church, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of times a person has the idea of, 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 of acting good. You know, it's what we tell our children. We, we send them off to go uh, be either at an activity or with a family. What we tell behave yourself. We're, what we're trying to tell them, we're trying to tell them to act good. Now, I want to tell you something. The Christian doesn't have to act good. The Christian ought to be good because of the Spirit of God who dwells inside of them. All righty? 
Now, I want to I read just a few more verses with you. You're already in Galatians 5. Let's look at the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit again. All right? Galatians 5, verse number 16. But this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not what? All right, so Spirit and flesh, that's the things that are opposite. Verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. So we have a battle going on. I've got my flesh who wants to do things that are, are of, of my nature, my lustfulness, the things that are forbidden, I should not be doing. My spirit is what keeps me from doing those things, all righty? Then he lists some of those sins, verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest or made known, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, um, wrath, seditions, uh, uh, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit. So that's the contrast that's going on here. Now, church, I mean, uh, God wants us to do good to others. Now, that's, that's going to be the concept here this morning, is God wants us to do good to others, that goodness inside of us. Why? Because that's what God is. We talked about it before, and of course the psalmist especially says it multiple times, God's good. We understand Psalm 106 verse 1, praise you the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And we could go across a whole bunch of verses. We have a tendency to think God's good when everything's going good. God's good when everything's going bad. And, and our, sometimes we have a tendency to lose sight of that. I was in court this week with our squatter, and yes, it got continued again, all righty? And so, uh, to be honest with you, I'm a, little, I'm a little irritated. I'm a little aggravated, all righty? I'd like to squat right on top of his head. It just really irritates me. And I said, your pastor shouldn't do that. I know. And I'll tell you, I just, I, I, it just really irritates me. I know how to take care of the problem. It's called turn off the electric, turn off the water, and turn off the gas. It's real simple, all righty? Okay, two of you agree with me. So I stand in the courtroom and the judge stands up there and the, and the judge, you know, the, he's got a crooked lawyer. I'm telling you just as crooked as can be. Anyway, the crooked lawyer says, hey, listen, we're filing a quiet, quiet title on the property, which means they're saying we don't have right to the property and that he has right to the property. And I'm thinking to myself, I have been in court now six times and this foolishness that's going on, and I'm not a happy person, okay, when this is all going on, all right? And I don't have kind thoughts about several things, but I'm just trying to tell you, as a Christian, I don't have to act good. I'm supposed to be good. How do we be good? Because of what's going on inside of us, all right? Church, I mean, I brought some gloves this morning so I can illustrate like this. I need somebody I can pick on. I don't see anybody. You don't mind? You should not have volunteered, all right? You stay there. You're fine. Now, church, I mean, if I was to walk up to Brother Fella you, and I went like this, you said I could illustrate. <laughs> Natural reaction. Okay, all right. So if I walked up to Brother Fellow you and I went like this, and I said, I'm sorry, that was not me, it was my glove. He'd say, that was not your glove, it was your hand in the glove. And I'd say, no, it wasn't me at all. It was that glove that hit you. Now, church, can I just tell you something? It's not you acting good, it's what's inside of you. What we fail to understand is that the spirit of God inside of us is what makes us do what we do. It's, and so when he says this idea of doing good, you said, man, I would like to do good, but I, I just can't do it. You could, if the spirit of God, the fruit of the spirit, if the spirit of God had control of your life. Sorry about that. I appreciate your help this morning. You volunteered. I was not going to use you. All right. But hey, I was going to find somebody I didn't like and I couldn't find anybody. So, so you worked. Amen. All right. So God is good and he wants us as Christians to be good as well. All right. 
And so this morning, I want you to understand that God, God's command in scripture is for us to do good. I mean, and it's over and over and over. Depart from evil and do good. Psalm chapter 34, verse 14, several Psalms concerning this. Trust the Lord and do good. Hebrews 13, 16. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. God wants us to do good. Church, man, I want to tell you, the lost world does good because of what they can get from you. In other words, you work a job and a person, their, their idea is how do I work myself up the corporate ladder? A Christian doesn't do good in order for, to get, a Christian does good because that's what's inside of him. If God is good and I'm filled with the spirit, then the spirit of God causes me to do good. And it doesn't matter if they're lost or saved. God talks about who we're supposed to do good for. All right. Remember the verse, Galatians chapter six, thank you for some night. Oh, it's the verse for next week. As ye therefore have opportunity, do good unto all men. Do good unto all men. That means the person that you meet in public, you're supposed to be good to them. I talk about in Lawrence, Kansas, how people do not, they don't like to talk. I mean, if you make eye contact, they're going to turn their eyes. If you say hello to them, they're going to grunt or say nothing. But you're saying, that's what a Christian is, not grunt, a Christian is supposed to be friendly. They're supposed to do good. They see somebody that has a need, you ought to want to try to fill that need. Why? Because there's a spirit of God inside of me that controls me, that causes me to do those things. Why should you do good towards your spouse? Well, I don't like my spouse because of this. No, wait a second here. If you're filled with the spirit, it's the hand inside the glove. It's what's inside of you that causes you to do good. I can't treat my spouse well. That's because it's your flesh and your flesh uh, has a natural tendency to do that which is wrong instead of a natural tendency to do that which is right. If I'm filled with the spirit of God, the natural tendency is to do good to others. It's interesting, the Bible tells us we're supposed to be good to all men. What's the rest of that verse say in, in Galatians 6, 9? He says, as you have therefore opportunity, do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I've had people tell me before, it's more important to treat a lost person uh, right than it is a saved person. According to that verse, you should be especially saved people. Amen. Just I me, mean, our familiarity is what causes us not to do good to those who are saved. Well, I know that, I know that person. And we know their faults as well as their, their pros and their cons. And so we have a tendency not to treat the, the brethren good. Can I tell you, especially you should be treating good those who are Christians. All right, now there's the third person the Bible talks about. That we're supposed to do good. Do good to all men. Do good to, to those who are the household of faith. I don't like the last person, so we're going to skip that one. All right, so let's go ahead and go to the next one. What does he say in the book of Matthew? Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. Think about that one. In other words, the people who dislike me are the people I'm supposed to do good for. And I want to tell you something, that's not our tendency. Our natural tendency is, is I'm not going to do anything. In fact, I'm going to do something bad towards you because of the bad that you're showing toward me. What causes us to do good to people who do not like us? Spirit of God. What causes me to do good to all men, that person that's lost, that's just seemingly unkind? It's the spirit of God that causes us to do good. We must strive to do good because it's a command of God. But church family, we would not have to strive so hard if we were filled with the spirit of God. As a Christian, I'm supposed to treat people like God wants them to be treated, not like I want to treat them. So how do we do that? This is the thought this morning. I want to talk three things on how to make sure that we have goodness in our life. Turn over to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12. You got your Bible there? We'll take the rest of the message from Matthew chapter number 12. How to do good, Matthew chapter 12. 
Just, I mean, kind of a, a longer chapter, Matthew 12, and I'm going to read the chapter, just a few verses, but think about this. There's 50 verses in this particular chapter, and Jesus is kind of going back and forth with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were giving Jesus a hard time, you know, hey, how come you're healing this guy on the Sabbath? And Jesus, of course, responds to that. You know, the Pharisees are criticizing Jesus' disciples for what they were doing. And Jesus, but when you come down in, in the context of this, Jesus is really responding to the Pharisees. But look what he says about the goodness in, of man. It's mentioned in Matthew 12. Look down in verse number 33. Matthew 12, verse number 33. He says this, either make the tree, what's the word? Good. All right, either make the tree good and his fruit what? Or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can, now this, by the way, the generation of vipers was the Pharisees. O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak what? Good things, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh a what kind of man? Good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth what? And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now, Jeremy, I want to talk to you in these last few moments this morning, in about 15 minutes, I want to talk to you a little bit about how can I be good. By the way, the Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So truthfully, it's not in me to be good. It's just part of our flesh. If you're saved, aren't you glad you're saved? But can I just tell you something? You were saved from sin, but we still deal with sin. My old nature was dead in sin, and now I have a new nature, which is alive in God, but they're still both there. So my flesh does not like to be nice to people. My flesh wants to do what Scott Hanks wants to do. And so there's a fight going on inside of me. So when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it's not natural for me to love. It's not natural for me to have joy. It's not natural for me to have peace. It's not natural for me to have gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Those things come because of what's inside of me. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God is what allows you to have that tranquility of mind and that peacefulness of spirit. The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's the same thing with goodness, church family. You, You meet people out there that seemingly are good people, but that are lost. They still have a sin nature. And then you see Christians out there that try to do good, but they still have a sin nature. So what causes us to be good? I'll tell you, a family situation is the best illustration of a Christian's life because when you've got brothers and sisters together, it's the same thing like having brothers and sisters in Christ together. Amen. Now, we have several still at home, and uh, mom and dad still has to say, hey, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't act like that. What are we trying to do? We're trying to teach them to be good. And we want our children to get to a place in their life where they'll be good without me telling them to be good. I'm not sure that'll ever happen, but anyway... So in the Christian life, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to try to be good to sometimes Christians that we don't want to be good to. And sometimes to lost people we don't want to be good to, but God commands us to be good. So how do I get goodness in my life? I want to just point three things out in these things here. When Jesus said, good, 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 how do we be good? First one, look at your Bible now. Look at in verse number 33. The Bible says this. Here's the key word I want you to notice, the second word. All right. Either, what's the second word? Make the tree good and his fruit good, or else, what's the word? Make Make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. Church, can I just tell you how goodness is going to happen in your life? If you're going to make something, how many times have you heard me make the statement, 
hey, we need to make something happen. All right? Now, there's what we're trying to say. You're going to have to do something. Amen. Can I just tell you that goodness comes about because you choose to be good. He says, you either make the tree good or you make the tree corrupt, but you're the one making it. He said, we blame all the time. Well, that's the way I was raised. Or, you know, that, that, that person did this and it caused me to do this. No, you made a conscious decision to either make the tree good or make the tree corrupt. The tree is known by his fruit, but the fruit from the tree happens because of what you make the tree. Church, I mean, you're the tree. It's a choice that we have in our life that we choose on whether or not we want to live a spirit-filled life or a carnal life. Remember what we read a moment ago, Galatians 5, verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not, what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. So in other words, my action of making the tree good, walk in the spirit, promise, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You're not going to have fleshly things just stop in your life until, first of all, you make the tree good. Self-inflicted pain. Can I tell you something? Christians have self-inflicted sin. In other words, we put ourselves around a temptation and we, do, and we allow ourselves to do things that we know are going to hurt ourselves spiritually, which does not cause us to walk in the flesh. I'm sorry, walk in the spirit. Just for me, the life that we live, those young people that were here on, on Friday night, uh, brother, actually, Brother Martin went along with the theme, 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. He preached on that about, hey, listen, it's real simple. What you put in is what you're going to get out. What you see and what you hear is going to affect your heart. Your heart's going to affect your life. Church, I mean, it's always been that way. So here these young people come and they sit in a service and they listen to somebody preach for 40, 45 minutes and then they leave, and then if, they're, if they go back to what they were doing before, they're still watching the same movies, they're still on the same internet sites, they're still uh, communicating on social media with people who are lost and people who are leading them down the wrong, wrong way. They're constantly putting into their mind hours at a time of things that are fleshly, and then they wonder, I wonder how I can't get the victory in my Christian life, or I wonder how come I can't have the good blessings of God upon my life. It's because of they are making a conscious choice to either feed their flesh, or feed their spirit. Church, man, it's not a teen thing. It's a Christian thing. It's not a young person thing. It's an adult thing. What do we do with our time as far as what we put in? The eye gate and the ear gate affects the heart, and the heart is what causes the life to, be, to live what it does. What do you mean? Make the tree good, you're going to have a good tree. Make the tree corrupt, you're going to have a corrupt tree. So it is a choice in the Christian life for us to make that spirituality side of us. Church, why do we come to church? Well, we come to church because of Hebrews 10, 25, but why do we come to church? It's because I want to be, make a conscious choice of walking in the spirit. Church, family, everything about today should be spirit. Amen. Why do we sing during the service? Because of spirit. Why do we open up the scripture pages when the pastor's preaching? Because of spirit. Why do we shake hands with other Christians and communicate and try to edify one another, iron sharpening iron? Because of spirit. Can I just tell you that it's a conscious choice in our life of what we do or whether or not we are going to be a good tree or bad tree. Amen. That's the first thing. Second thing I want you to see if you're going to do good things or be, have goodness in your life is look at verse 34 and 35. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. Verse 34 says this, O generation of vipers, again, pharisaical living, uh, religiousness, but not, no spirituality. O generation of vipers, how can ye 
being evil, speak good things, for out of the abundance of the, keyword, heart, the mouth speaketh, a good man out of the good treasure of the what? Heart bringeth forth good things. Now it's understood on the second one. An evil man out of the evil treasure of the heart, evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. If you want to have goodness in your life and you want to, you want it to be more, can I say it this way? If you want it to be more natural to do good, by the way, it's not natural for us to do good. It's natural to do wrong. It's not natural for us to think about somebody's in need and try to fill that need. It's not natural for us to see somebody that needs help and lend a, lend a, lend a hand. It's not natural for us. I'll tell you as a pastor, I can't tell you how thrilled I am when I hear about somebody doing somebody who was sick or a senior saint or somebody, just somebody that was in need. Hey, Gail, are you still up there? Hey, Gail, when you, help me out here. When you had your arm surgery, I, I was eavesdropping on somebody's conversation did Josh get you supper, Chinese food or something? Okay. Somebody did? I, okay. I don't know who it was. Just joking. But whoever it was. Okay, so I was, okay, I hope that wasn't a secret. Okay, Josh and Cynthia, okay. Okay, you know now, I apologize. But anyway, so uh, when I heard through the grapevine, just you know how Christians sometimes just chat, nobody meant to tell me specifically, but I heard people talking. In my mind, I thought, that's what Christians are supposed to do. Amen. Feed Brother Flowers. That's what Christians are supposed to do. <laughs> amen. Come on, Gail, help me out there. Say amen up there. Nobody, nobody went, and Josh is teaching a class right now, but nobody went to, and by the way, I'm, I'm just using him as a particular illustration because it's fresh in my mind, but there's, this happens frequently. That's what Christians are supposed to do. It's just simply doing good. That's all that is. Josh didn't know that I was going to even hear about it. And he's not expecting for, to hear it. Hear it and we, he, no one's looking for a pat on the back. What do Christians do? It's called being filled with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God causes me to think and do differently than what I would have done. That's right. Can I just tell you that you won't have to work at it if, number one, first of all, you make the heart good. You make yourself good. You make the tree good, good fruit. The second thing is, it's a matter of changing the heart because it's out of the abundance of the heart. Verse 34, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And then verse number 35, out of the good treasure of the heart. God specifically, Jesus here, says twice about how important the heart is. Church, I mean, goodness is a result of what we have going on inside. It's not a matter of what's displayed outwardly. It's what's going on inwardly. That's what causes you to pray for somebody when the Holy Spirit brings them to mind. That's what causes you to send a text or a note when God uh, touches your heart. It's what's going on in the heart. If my heart's not good, it's not going to be, what about this person? It's not going to be, let's help this person. Goodness comes because there's a change of heart, and I have to work on that. Church family, Apostle Paul, again, wrote half the New Testament. What did he say? Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Now, think about this for a second here. In your flesh, in you dwelleth no good thing. Well, how can I have goodness as a fruit of the Spirit if in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing? Because it's not your flesh doing it. It's the Spirit of God doing it through you. He goes on to say, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. 
Church, if we're living in the flesh, the flesh is going to do wrong. But if we're living in the spirit, the spirit is going to do good. What is the good? It's doing good for others. So I see what causes a person to do good. They choose to. What causes a person to do good? It's because they have a change of heart. You've got to change your heart. Church, I mean, what's the one thing that's going to change a person's heart? Heart's inward. Heart's really referring to the mind. But what's going to change your heart? What's good? Talk to me. Word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, uh, verse 11. What changes us or what keeps us from sinning? It's a changed heart. I like Hebrews 4. We don't normally quote the whole verse. In Hebrews 4, verse number 12, we say, Well, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Which is, I mean, if you look at the rest of the verse, the Bible says this, Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's the word of God that changes our heart. And when we do that, it causes us to have that fruit of the spirit. All right, I know you've heard it a thousand times. Let me say it again. To be filled with the spirit is to be filled with the word of God. That's what the Bible says. To be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with Scripture. So if, I fill, if I'm filled with Scripture, I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. It goes hand in hand that the Scripture changes my heart. And by changing my heart, it allows the Spirit of God to cause me to do good. Amen. Quickly, I want to see something else here. Last of all, if I'm going to do good or have goodness in my life, first of all, you have to choose to. Second of all, Jesus says you have to have a change of heart. But look at the next thing, verse 36 and 37. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now, let's put this together, the pieces together, in verses number 33 through verse number 37. Jesus is talking to what group of people? What group of people is he talking to? Are you all with me this morning? What group of people in this chapter is Jesus talking to? Pharisees, all right? So Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were those people who outwardly were religious, but on the inside, they were dead men's bones. That's what Jesus said, right? And I know it's a picture of a lost person, but sometimes Christians can act Pharisaical. All right, with me so far? So what I want you to think about here is Jesus is talking to really the Pharisees. And listen, you Pharisees, you generation of vipers. He says, hey, listen, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? Amen. He said, what's going on in the inside is what's coming out your lips. And you Pharisees, the reason you're telling me that I can't heal on the Sabbath is because you're going to have a good heart. So then he gets down to the end of here. He says, now listen, every idle word that a man speaks, I'm taking note of. Amen. Have you ever thought about that? Every time you get on the internet and you type something in, you think, well, no one's going to know. Every time that you uh, make a phone call and you're talking to somebody, now just between you and I, is it really just between you and I? Because God says he keeps track of every idle word. Amen. Do you understand that in the context of this scripture, he says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the speaking... Let's see if I can illustrate this way, all right? The speaking that comes out these lips. What are you laughing at? The speaking that comes out of these lips is being fueled by what's coming from the heart. Clean heart, good lips. Bad heart, bad lips. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Am I right? Are we all together so far? So what is he trying to say here at the end of this thing? He said, listen, if you're going to do good... You have to make the tree good, which means you have to choose to do so. He says, if you're going to have, uh, if you're going to be good, he says, it's in the heart. You've got to make sure that you have a clean heart. Then he closes this out in verse 36 and 37, says that every idle word that you speak, at the day of judgment, 
you're either going to be justified or condemned according to what you say. Now watch for a second here. If this, what I say, comes from this of what I think, then God's not just saying, I'm going to be judged for my words. I'm going to be judged for my heart. On the day of judgment, if the lips, what I say, is coming from this, and God says on the day of judgment, God says, I'm going to hold you accountable for every idle word, every word that you said that was vainly spoken or any idle word that was wrong. He says, I'm going to hold you accountable. What he's trying to say is this, that we as Christians, if we are going to do good, we must consider the judgment that comes from a bad tree with a bad heart. In fact, he uses both sides of that, justified or condemned, or a good tree coming from a good heart. What's going to cause you to make sure that you do good to others? Obviously, it goes back to being filled with the Spirit, but truthfully, it's you making a choice on whether or not you want to be filled with the Spirit or not. Walk in the Spirit, you shall not fill the lust of the flesh. What's going to cause you to have goodness in your life? Making a choice that you're going to do so. What's going to cause you to have goodness in your life? Making sure your heart's clean. What's going to cause you to make sure you have goodness in your life? Remembering that if you don't show goodness in your life, you're going to be held accountable for God at the judgment. I know we're all going to heaven. I know our sins have all been forgiven. But the judgment seat of Christ, the Bible says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. I don't think this judgment seat of Christ is just going to be one of these easy things. Okay, you got your rewards, you're done. We need to think about that the goodness that we do, God's keeping record of those works, those things that we do for others. Now, church, I know sometimes we have to work at it. I keep a reminders list. I don't know how you are. I do everything mostly digital. But if the Lord brings something to mind, I put it on that reminders list. And every day of my life, I look at my reminders list and I look at my calendar. Those are the first start of the day. I'm going to look at my calendar to find out what's going on for the day or whose birthday it was. And then I'm going to look at my reminders list to see what I need to get done. Sometimes we do things because of organization. But don't you like it when it's not organized? Don't you like it when the Spirit of God lays upon your heart something and you do it because you're filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of God prompts you and you just obey the Spirit of God? You say, Pastor, I'm not a real good person. You could be, you know how? It's called being filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit of God, He has control. I'm not going to smack Brother uh, Fell you again. His wife's going to do it for me. <laughs> uh, just remember, when every time I, you put a pair of gloves on, we think of those as our hands. But truthfully, it's the hand in the glove that causes those gloves to do things. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we were filled with the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God says, okay, I can have you do this, I can have you do this, I can have you do this. The problem with it is this, is that what's on the inside is our flesh. And we live in the flesh, we don't live in the Spirit. So the flesh has control of these hands. And that's why we're doing things that are wrong instead of things that are right. Hey, can I tell you, the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. And I don't have to try to figure out how to make something good or to do something good. All I do is let the Holy Spirit have control of me and He can make it happen. Hey, we choose to do that and it's because you've got a good heart. Make sure you keep your heart right. Stay in the book. Wash. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. The word of God gets a clean heart. The clean heart causes you to be filled with the spirit of God. Being filled with the spirit of God is what causes you to do good. I don't have to make it happen. God makes it happen. Let's pray together.